We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. You're listening to this week's excerpt from the Dear Prudence podcast. To get the full-length, members-only version every week, join Slate Plus at slate.com slash prudipod. Dear Prudence. 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 Do you think that I should contact him again? Help. Help. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you. Hello and welcome back to the Dear Prudence Show once again. And as always, I am your host, Daniel Ortberg. With me in the studio this week is Francesca Fiorentini, a journalist, comedian, and B-list internet celebrity. She's a correspondent with Explorer on the National Geographic Channel and a regular guest on The Young Turks. She's also the host and creator of the Bituation Room podcast. Francesca, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Danny. Thank you so much. I like very much the idea of uh, delineating not just A, B, C, and D list, but further (laughs) subcategorizing it into internet. So it's like, oh, yeah, you're a B list internet celebrity, which I would imagine translates to like a D list person celebrity. Sure. No. Yeah. Mm. Kathy Griffin is the D-list, so are you wow. as famous? Fighting or... words. No, that's the name of her book. Oh, oh, right, right, right. Yeah, sorry. Okay. No, I'm she's not making any it. claims about her. She, I apologize. She's yeah. embraced the D-list. No, you're right. I was like, okay, <laughs> we're gonna have to we're gonna have to get off to a rough start here. Um, no, yeah. Um, listen, I have had the honor of going to VidCon, which is um, just sort of the Disneyland of uh, all. YouTube celebrities and I was in the car with um, a pug dog named Doug the Pug who was 20 times more famous than I was and nobody knew who I was so that's how I came to B-list internet celebrity that sounds just like (laughs) it was pretty heinous it It sounds intense (laughs) it sounds intense Uh, so with all that in place uh, let's go ahead and get started and I will read our first letter because uh, I'm just so excited about it Yeah. The subject is, uh, rightly, come on. Dear Prudence, right now my wife is working overseas for six months. It's been lonely and stressful, but we're very much in love. Tori is our next-door neighbor and friend. She has three boys and is in the middle of a messy divorce. Her ex does nothing with the boys, so I have pitched in, playing ball with them, teaching them how to work on cars, help with homework, etc. I also mow the lawn and do minor fixes around the house. Tori has me over for dinner once or twice a week. We did this when my wife was here as well. Tori tried to kiss me twice. The first time, she blamed it on too much wine and being lonely. I brushed it off. The second time, she claimed there was a problem with her shower, and she cornered me and kissed me. Her kids were watching TV in the next room. I told her in no uncertain terms that this was unacceptable and inappropriate. I left and haven't set foot in her house again. Tori has texted me apologies, but I've cooled off the friendship. I still see the boys, but only in our front yards. My wife is coming home in January. I have no idea what to tell her. She's been unbelievably stressed at her job, and I don't want to add to that. She will also still want to do get-togethers with Tori. Help me. I don't know what's the right thing to do. We've lived next door to each other for three years. My wife considers Tori a good friend, and I'm worried about the boys if another male figure vanishes on them. What do I do? 
this was one of the few times where part of me is tempted to say, like, keep this one under your hat. Dude, I'm so there with you. I am. And I that is not how I roll ever. I very rarely tell people to keep things under their hat. And I'm a horrible liar. Like, I, I'm i like, honesty is the best policy. But, like, I think now well into my 30s, I'm like, maybe that was a thing of, like, your younger years when you're like, you should just be truthful. But who is it for? I feel like in this case, if this person tells their wife, I, I don't, I just think that's not going to do him any good. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't. Like, the fact that since he's been like, I don't go over to her house ever, and it seems like she's finally, like, gotten the hint and knocked it off. Right. Uh, aside from texting apologies, she's not, like, making up more shower problems or, like, trying to come over to his house. The classic, house. right? The, the classic. <laughs> um, it does feel like, okay, like, those were two, like, super inappropriate moves, but she has gotten the hint. She feels... um Like, she's clear that she's not going to do it anymore. We can chalk it up to middle of a messy divorce, terrible judgment. Um, And there's the sort of, like, so that, like, saying no finally got through to her, you know, worried about the little guys, like, who are already going through a lot and having a kind of sense of, um, like, I, I, there was no temptation on the letter writer's part. It was not like, man, I was kind of interested. If everything they say is, like, come and correct, Mm -hmm. you know, if they're not. I mean, because I do think that, like, staying over for dinner is that can could be conceivably construed as a little bit more intimate, you know. Um, But it sounds like this person acted correctly and they, you know, they drew a line. And also it sounds like someone that he still wants to be neighbors with. And and so I say it's on you to find the next man. Mm -hmm. Oh, God. It's on him. Set her up with somebody. Exactly. Oh, man. Um, that I I, <laughs> I I cannot see that going anywhere again. The only thing I would say is like, if your wife found out some other way, mm. the, then you know, then it would go from you are totally blameless to she would have grounds to feel potentially hurt and deceived. And so, you know, if you think there's a chance she would ever see those texts, if you think there's a chance that you might just feel so self-conscious when your wife does come home and you see her every day and you have to act normal around Tori and you're like, mm, I don't think I'd actually be able to keep that a secret my whole life, then maybe tell her. Um, but it does. It's a little bit unless it keeps happening, I think. And you're like, I really need to tell my wife because I don't want to spend time with Tori. She makes me uncomfortable. I think we need to kind of draw boundaries. You're going to have to explain that. Mm -hmm. But if it doesn't keep happening, it'll look suspicious. Like, I just think you should, you know, I think, I don't know. It's a hard one. I do feel, though, that like telling your wife at this point feels a little bit like, so um, I'm kissable. Like, other people think I'm kissable other than you. Yeah, yeah. I like, think, one time? <laughs> right? I, I I guess. I do understand the, th- the the worry of, like, my wife thinks, like, Tori is her really good friend. Oh. When it's like, maybe she is not such a great friend to you. Um, but you or do... she's going through a hard time. Yeah. Yeah. She's going through a hard time at my mouth, um, which is... Oh, God, it's... Not it's, a great choice. I would say, don't say anything... Try to reestablish a connection when your wife comes back. And if it happens again, then you tell your wife. And yeah. 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 I mean, I I, I think I do lean a little bit more towards you could tell your wife. But if you wanted to, it sounds like the sort of um, like 
balance you've been able to strike is working okay now. You see the kids. You're not quite as close, but you haven't like disappeared. Um, you feel comfortable. You feel okay. It's really clear to Tori that you are not interested in anything like what she was uh, trying to throw your way. And she probably feels bad. I, mean, I hope so. She should. It was bad yeah, judgment. You know, yeah. cornering and kissing people after they've already turned down your kiss the first time. It's not good. That's true. Um, Even if your um, shower is leaky. Yeah, whatever the state whatever of the shower Whatever that is. was. Um, but yeah, so, you know, hopefully, best case scenario, this is the kind of thing that's like a Regency novel where it's like, I will do you the honor of, like, pretending this never happened. Like, I know we you We shan't were... speak of it again. Exactly. But, <laughs> you know, that doesn't always work even in Regency novels. So, if you Unless think... one of the boys, like, saw something and it was like, oh, what man. about that time? Mom tried to kiss you. Then, yeah. then yeah. you're gonna have to pay that kid off. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, with the caveat that there's always the risk of if you keep it to yourself that your wife will find it some other way. Um, good luck with that one. But you didn't do anything wrong. You're doing your best, and I, I hope Tori snaps out of it. All right. Next letter's all you. All right. This one's called Overloaded Friend. Dear Prudence, I have a friend who is a therapist. She is a fiancé who is mentally ill, a compulsive user of porn and weed, major depression, unemployed in his mid-40s, and has done nothing with his life. She has loads of job opportunities coming her way. She's been a single mom of two special needs kids who are now in their teens. She knows this guy isn't right for her, but he's so nice, and she does, just doesn't want to hurt him. I cannot understand how she sees clients all day, then visit him in the hospital and try to keep her focus on her kids and take care of herself. Now she's having health problems. She's a dear friend and means well, but what can I say or do? I feel it's almost cruel of her to expect this guy to ever step up. They've been together three years, and before her, he never had a relationship last longer than two months. His family is overjoyed that they are together, I'm guessing so that she can take over his care. I know she's tired of doing it all alone, but that is not a reason to stay with someone. He can barely take care of himself. What are your thoughts? So my biggest question here was that line about visiting him in the hospital. Yeah. Uh, it was not clear what he was in the hospital for. Mm-hmm. Um, I, like, I don't know if he got the flu and had to stay overnight. I, I, I don't know if he's, like, chronically ill and is being treated for something really serious. I don't know if it was, like, after a mental health breakdown. And I don't know. I didn't know porn or weed could do either of those things. And if so... Uh, yeah, I you know, look into that. A little I more. actually did edit that because it was originally addicted to porn and weed. Okay, and I, I really was just like, let's set aside whether or not a person can become addicted to pornography, which uh-huh. is a bold claim. Um, but yeah, so it's very clear this guy does not sound great. I wouldn't want to date him. No. Um, and I can totally understand why the letter writer is not into this dude's deal. What's your experience with friends who date people you wish they wouldn't date? Mm, I feel like I've been that person for other people. Mm-hmm. And it you can't say anything. It, you lose always, yeah. in my opinion. Not that I've, like, you know, shut out those friends. Um, in fact, I kind of wish they would have said something earlier. But <laughs> you run the risk of it, you know, backfiring on you. But your friend definitely sounds like someone who clearly from her line of work uh, and just the what the position she's been in with her kids, she sounds like someone who is comfortable in this caretaking role and is attracted to people who uh, are in need. That's why she does what she does, probably. She's good at helping others. 
But I think maybe the 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 way in is like, hey, how are you taking care of yourself? You know, do you have enough time alone? Can I let's do something together? Let's go see a movie. Let's whatever. Um, and sort of just checking in with her about like if she has energy, any energy left for herself. Because like who's going to take care of her? It does sound like the hospitalization is as a result of um, this person's mental illness. And, yeah, that doesn't sound like a relationship. It just sounds like another job. Yeah. So what I would say, yeah, I'd be very much on the same page there. I feel like she's dated him for three years. She knows what his deal is. And, you know, I I agree. I would probably not feel thrilled if I had a friend who was, like, really remarkable and always helping other people and had a partner who didn't seem to, like, give back to her. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I just don't think you're going to get anywhere by saying, I think you should dump him. I think he's a loser. Um, I, I think the thing to focus on is to ask, like, what do you need? You know, is there anything that I can do to help, especially with the health stuff? Um, certainly, like, if she brings up fears or anxieties around, like, I'm worried he's not going to step up, you could be honest and say things like, you know, honest but diplomatic. Like, yes, it seems like normally he does not do a lot to help and support you. How does that feel? Like, um, I also think that sometimes by the amount of information that this person knows about their friend, like then maybe she's kind of giving giving you clues and almost giving you permission to just straight up say, I think you need to get out of this relationship. Right. Because knowing this much like, okay, the porn use, the weed use, the depression, like. I don't know, unless it's a lot of inference on on your part, um, I would say like. This could be you could go a little bolder with it. It's been three years. Maybe I, I, I it doesn't feel like it's going to backfire on you if you say you're you're so wonderful and you've got all these things going for you. And I feel like this person isn't right for you right now, isn't who you need to be with right now. Um because sometimes we just sort of list off these things that are wrong with our relationship so that eventually our best friends will be like. Yeah, what are you doing? Yeah, Yeah, and so I think there's room for that conversation once. Like, I I, Mm. I think if she... Because sometimes people also kind of do that where, like, they'll complain and complain about their partner and they'll say, yeah, and you repeat the last three things they said about their partner and all of a sudden they're like, how dare you? (laughs) Like, he is a miracle. okay, now I see where you stand. You never support me. Yeah. So, you know, again, like, be careful. But I think, yeah, if... If it feels like she's really frustrated or upset, you can say, like, hey, based on what you've told me, you know, this, this and this, I, I'm not like maybe don't say stuff like he's never done anything with his life because um, that is a big enough value judgment that she might get real defensive oh, of yeah. him. Yeah. Um, but just say, like, yeah, it seems like these things have all been really hard for you and they bother you a lot. Do you think that you would maybe be happier if you weren't in a relationship with him? Mm-hmm. And again, you know, she may go to, yeah, I think about it sometimes, but I'm not really ready to. And that's going to be her choice. And you kind of just need to let her do that. Um, she may say, God, you know, when you put it like this, I'm, I kind of do want to break up with him, but I don't know how, in which case you could help. Um, she might say, yep, he's uh, not everybody's ideal boyfriend, but he makes me really happy and I'm comfortable with the issues that we have, in which case you can say, I love you so much. Let's get coffee sometime. You know, like... You're so much more diplomatic than I, I feel like I would be. I've that, survived a lot of friends' lousy boyfriends. Have you? 
Has it gotten easier? Did they stay together? I, sometimes people do. Sometimes people don't. I don't want to get too specific because I don't yeah, want any of my fine. friends wondering <laughs> which ones they are. And I have also been the person who's done a little of like the, look, I know this is not going to last forever, guys. I appreciate you're all bearing with me. Yeah. I'm getting something out of this and it's important. And <laughs> Let it run its course. Yeah, just be friendly. That's all I ask. Um, you know, again, unless somebody is being pretty abusive, I just think there's a limit to how much you can intervene. Yeah. Um, and sometimes people are in relationships where they get that to the outside it doesn't look appealing, but they do get something out of it. And maybe he's amazing in bed, you know? Oh, there's always that. I mean, he's that's implicit in this letter, <laughs> I think. Yeah. But I, I do also think that it's for sure it's how your friend is being treated. And sh- maybe he can't be the Superman that you hope that she finds, but it's if she if if she's if she's being brought down by him, that's a problem. If she is be- being drained by him, that's a problem. If obviously if there's abuse, that's a problem. But otherwise, I f- yeah, I think there's you have to be you're you're so diplomatic. I'm not as diplomatic, but you have to ride that line. I mean, it's also just like in life, you will. There are often relationships with really accomplished, remarkable women and kind of bummer couch potato guys. Mm-hmm. And you have to pick and choose the times that you want to intervene because it's just you're you're going to run into this again. I was in a marriage like that and uh, it r- ran its course. And all my friends were like, no, that makes sense. <laughs> you know, it wasn't celebratory, nor was it like uh, I told you so. Um, but they were good listeners, and, and I think you just have to be a really good listener. So I, that's going to pay off to sort of just be there and, yeah. and you know, you got to do the psychotherapy thing where you just say nothing and then slowly insert one question in the span of an hour that, like, is the silver bullet question. Right, right. Like, especially if she's describing her day to you and you're like, okay, so you helped your clients and then you helped your kids and then you helped your boyfriend. Was there a time today that anyone helped you? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, like your friend's a smart lady. She will get there. Um, yeah. And that doesn't necessarily mean she'll dump him immediately thereafter, but just a- any way in which you can kind of help her identify ways in which she might need to take a little time to herself is going to be good. Um, and for what it's worth, I think, too, I, you know, when you're listing reasons that this guy is kind of a bummer, um, I would not say that, like, has a mental illness is in the same category as, like, you know, uh, spends all his time smoking weed and watching porn. Again, uh, yeah, that's not to say that... It, I, I, I guess I just mean, like, everyone's dealing with something. Choices are different than, like, things that are outside of your control. Um, a person can have a mental illness and be a remarkable partner, or they can have needs that are, like, challenging, but it doesn't make them a bad person. Um, so just be careful about how you frame that Um Focus more, I think, on the things that he chooses to do or not do. Right. Around his own treatment. Yeah. 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 We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. So, uh, all right, I think the next letter is you. Um, And again, it's just, 
I, it's actually kind of the, the opposite where it's sort of like, our relationship is great. It's the outsiders who don't understand. You want me to read what, this one too? Dump your family? Oh, did you read the last one? I did. Ugh, I'm so bad at remembering who reads what. No, I will do it. The subject right. of this one is dump your family. Dear Prudence, I love my girlfriend. I want to marry her, but her family is draining our future. Her dad died three years ago, and since then her mother's become a recluse and her brother a leech. Both of them are in good health with a good-sized nest egg, but would rather let the roof rot than take care of it themselves. My girlfriend lives in her tiny hometown at a poorly paying job, running errands and cleaning up after her grown brother and mother. She hates it and constantly fights with her brother. He doesn't work, just shoplifts and commits other petty crimes. Until Mama cries. Mama guilts her daughter into playing housekeeper while cooing over her son. Her father was the one who encouraged my girlfriend to get out of their hometown and go to college. When he died, my girlfriend lost her greatest defender and devotee. I work in a different state. Monthly visits and weekly phone calls are wearing me down. My girlfriend tells me she loves me and wants to build a life with me but won't leave. Neither her brother or mother are in need of caregiving. They're just selfish. I tell my girlfriend her family will keep her as their personal servant for the next 20 years if she lets them. She agrees with me. I don't know what to do. An ultimatum feels like a dick move, but I can't see the future changing anytime soon. I can't see any future at all with the way things are now. Help. Why does an ultimatum feel like a dick move? It's your only move. Yeah. It's the move. I I might have to agree with you here, especially because your girlfriend already knows, already knows it. She spends her time fighting with her mom and brother. She realizes that they're not picking up the slack that they need to pick up and they're pretty lazy. Um, they clearly have a, t- it sounds like a toxic relationship between the mother and the son. And I think just inserting yourself in that kind of toxicity is is definitely not good. And she gets that. So empower her. I don't know if it's the ultimatum, but I think it's it's a... It's a delicate ultimatum that feels more empowering than it does. This is on you. I don't. I wouldn't try to blame her. Like that. Oh, this is your fault that they act like this. Or uh, I would just say, you know, they actually don't need you and they take you for granted. I will not take you for granted. Uh, come live with me. <laughs> yeah, I, I think sometimes people think ultimatums mean like calling someone a piece of shit. Or saying, like, you have 45 minutes to comply with my demands or I, like, fly off <laughs> right. in a helicopter. Yeah. And it doesn't. You, that doesn't mean you have to say, like, you know, if you don't move out from that place right now, you're going to waste the rest of your life and you're awful. Like, she gets, it sounds like, enough berating on a daily basis. It, this um, is true. But I think, you know, to say, I, I can't be in a relationship where you know we live on opposite sides of the country and can't plan a future because you're um fighting with your brother and cleaning up after your mother um i i want to be in a relationship where we're prioritizing each other and putting each other first um and as long as you're living in uh, with them that can't happen for us mm-hmm. if that ever changes i hope you'll give me a call um and that both like leaves the door open and also makes it clear you're not saying like I hate you and I think you're the worst, but it's just, you know, you've got all the information you need to make the right decision. Um, yeah. I, I don't think it's going to be a good use of your time to keep calling every week and saying, why don't you move out? Why don't you move out? It's like that scene in um, When Harry Met Sally when everyone keeps telling Carrie Fisher that the married guy she's having the affair with is never going to leave his wife. And she keeps saying, you're right. You're right. I know you're right. 
and then the next scene she's complaining about it again like mm-hmm. you know no that that that's wearing on yeah that's wearing on you more than it needs to um i think you might be right that's so hard and it's been 3 years at least 3 years no that's too long too long and also just talk less on the phone that's easy i've been in long term relationships or long distance relationships you just you peter out. It's quite easy, actually. Yeah, and yeah, I, I think just to say, like, I can't keep doing this. Yeah, we'll talk once a week, once every two weeks. I'll check in on you, but when you're ready to move, let me know. I mean, I yeah, I, I would even take it a step further because they've been in a relationship long enough that I think if they just petered out, it would feel confusing. Oh, yeah, it's got to be cold turkey type. Uh, yeah, I just think, like, to just say it, it's been three years, we both agree on what the problem is. But since you're not going to take any steps to solve it, I've got to make choices about my own life that are good for me. Um, it's nothing against you, but it's sort of like if your two options are call her every week and either you're going to move in the house with her mm-hmm. or you're going to break up with her. Those are your two options right now. Um, you cannot kidnap her in the middle of the night and take her back to your state. Um, Although then she'd have an easy out. She would go running back. You think so? The the dynamic here is is such that like what's going on needs to be handled internally in her. Like yeah. if somebody just like moved her into a different state, she would find a way to get entangled with them again. Yeah, no, that's true. And I think it's also indicative of the person that you want to be with if she she will either slowly turn into them mm-hmm. and probably you've noticed that she is or um the fact that being with someone who can't act can't kind of confront what is so clearly the biggest issue and problem in their life and i know this sounds really heartless but it's like there's a there's almost just sort of a weakness of character that you're like man i don't like how are we going to confront the rest of problems that life is going to throw at us right. when you can't draw these limits and boundaries on your relationship with your the people who you should be able to say that to you know and i don't think that's heartless in part because that's often changeable Mm. Uh, Like, it's not, you're not saying you are a weak person, you will always be a weak person. It's like you're making the kind of choices where drawing boundaries and sticking to them is near impossible. And as long as you keep making choices like this, I think you will continue to kind of give in to whoever's the loudest and most unreasonable person in the room. Um, (laughs) And I can't help you with that. So, like, I I feel like implicit in, you know, when, when her dad died, my girlfriend lost her defender and devotee, like... There's a, there's a little kind of implication of, is that my job now? Mm. Like, am I letting her down if I don't build up her self-esteem enough to get away from these people? Um, and again, I think that's just putting so much responsibility on yourself. You're, you're not – you don't have to say, like, you're a bad person and that's why I'm breaking up with you. You can just say, these are not choices that I want to make in my own life. I really, really hope if you ever decide to move out that you'll call me because I really care for you. But – I also just think, letter writer, as much as you love her, you know, if you get to go like a full month without having to hear about like what her brother did today Mm -hmm. or what her mom said today, you're just going to feel so peaceful and relieved and like, oh, life doesn't have to be like that all the time. And I want that for you. Yeah. 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 Catch up on other things rather than just that. Let the roof rot. Yeah. Yeah. It's not your roof. It's not your problem at all. See, that's really hard. I've been in also same exact same situation where it's like the family is toxic. You really want to your partner is not 
sort of standing up to them and sort of you by proxy kind of step in and do things that the family won't take care of. It's not good. It's not helpful. People start to, you know, then you'll start to talk about your girlfriend in the third person when she's right there, you know, and uh, it's it's almost it's almost more demoralizing and de- um, disincentivizing to make her sort of her whole person if you kind of be that white knight in shining armor and stand, you know, step in, which I'm sure you have as I've done. And it's like, eh, it's again, like you, you have to try to embolden her. But I think if doing that means that ultimatum, yeah, it's not a dick move. Yeah, it's not. An ultimatum is not cruelty. And it's not an ultimatum. Frankly, it's you making your own choice. An ultimatum would be like, um, I need you to do this. Otherwise, I'm going to keep threatening. But you're actually just going to walk away. And that's not an ultimatum. That's you making your own choice. Um, mm. So anyways. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Okay, so uh, this this question is just I don't have a lot that I want to say before we read it. Okay. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and read it. The subject is treehouse. Dear Prudence, we had a professional treehouse built for our grandchildren when they lived near us. They have since moved away, but several of their friends or children of our friends have young ones. We are happy to host them and watch them play, but their parents clear it with us first. Our new neighbors have not done this. We have caught their children trespassing a few times and damaging the structure, trying to kick out boards or drawing graffiti. Speaking to their mother does nothing. She is unapologetic and insists because she sees other children playing in our backyard. There isn't, quote, any harm in her children doing the same. Our community bylaws only allow mid-range black metal fences, easily scaled by any child older than eight. We already had problems with this family over the large, aggressive dogs they let run around loose in their front yard. We have to pick up our small dog when we go out for walks. Their dogs menace ours and will come out into the street. The mother will sit on the porch and scream at the dogs, but won't do anything else to restrain them. Other neighbors will ask her to leash her animals, and she has responded with hostility. Her property lines are sanctified, just not anyone else's. We don't want to start a war here. Friends have suggested planting prickly bushes, installing cameras, and calling the police every time the kids trespass. It's like we are under siege. Can you help us? Ooh, I didn't even know you could get professional treehouses. Oh, yeah. I mean, I never had one, but there was always like that one block or that one house that had a really dope treehouse that would make all the kids jealous. I I didn't even know there was like an amateur versus professional distinction. I I feel like they... They can be done by legit architects. Yeah. They just look like mini homes. Um, Yeah, this is like a spicy next door post. Yeah. There's Yeah. So uh, number one, like just in terms of legal liability, even if you warn the kids all the time, even if you put up the mid-range black metal fences uh, allowed by your community bylaws, um, you are liable for any like injuries that the kids might incur on your property so i think in the short term like put a you know put a little something padlock the like 
entrance to the treehouse, um, make it so that, you know, somebody needs to be there before they can climb up it because if the kids get hurt, um, that's going to be the easiest fix, like, in the short term, um, is make sure they can't just, like, scale it without you there. I mean, it sounds like it's pretty cool. It sounds like it's irresistibly cool Oh yeah, a treehouse. What's, what's that? Uh, there's, like, a legal expression for that, an attractive nuisance. Ooh. Um, which is, like, if you have something in your yard that would, like, you could reasonably expect would, like, a little kid w- would see it and be like, I have to go there, um, then you can be even more liable than, say, if you didn't have, like, a laser-lit pool. What do kids hate? I mean, maybe just, like, put tons of, I don't know, if you could, like, wire some, like, McNeil Lara, although that's an old show. But I'm like, when I hate, when I was little, I hated PBS. But, like, if you could put some news blaring, put, like, a little radio, hide a radio that's just, like, blaring the BBC or just put down a lot of books. And um, I'm trying, like, what, like, just make it an anti-kid space. You could also put a bunch of bird feed and get tons of pigeons there it could be like kind of a squirrel seance um what else something where you don't have to tear it down i'm like the squirrel seance actually sounds kind of cool that sounds cool very very cool yeah um they are in you know the dark arts they know it quite well yeah i mean so this is definitely like a very very rich neighborhood I'm, I'm, you know, between like bylaws about what kind of fence you're allowed to have <laughs> and professional tree houses. Um, there's lots going on here. So, uh, you know, which means there must be some kind of body or board or nosy neighbor committee that has something to say about this, which sounds like this is a perfect case that can be mediated by that body. So is there like, I don't know, um, some neighborhood commission or, you know, whoever decides the same rules about the fences can, yeah, I was going to say, if she's, like, able to get away with flouting all these rules, why don't you break the rules and build a, a higher fence than usual? Right. It sounds like whatever body governs this stuff is not doing a whole lot, so. Um, automatic sprinklers? That's an easy one. Yeah. I, 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 Floodlights? I, I, floodlights. <laughs> um, make the treehouse turn into a giant slide so that everyone on it immediately falls to the ground. That'd be way too cool. That actually sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the only thing here that I would take really seriously is the dog thing. Like, if they are aggressive and unleashed, um, you have my total permission to call animal control. Yeah. Because um, that could, uh, you know, that's a great way for them to end up hurting another dog or a kid. Um, so that, that to me, feels way outside the, like, sometimes kids draw stuff on my treehouse, which is, like, frustrating, but you're also fabulously wealthy. So, you know, there are some um, uh, nice perks that you get to enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, the dog thing is serious, and you should take that seriously, and you should call animal control um, when you see the dog, like, out wandering, menacing smaller animals. So this is a... The, I just don't know what your relationship with the neighbors are. It sounds like you guys aren't that close anyway. Yeah, it sounds like she yells at people or, yeah. or is like, this is fine. I have no problem with this. Right. But they, they're not – my like a part of me is like, can you invite them over for dinner? Like can you do something like to gain their favor a little bit so you can – they'll see you as people rather than just like, oh, the, the fancy house with the nice – Yeah. The nice – second fancy house that is in the tree like is there a way where you can gain the favors trust i mean the neighbors trust that you can be able they'll take you seriously when you say hey can you leash your dog and can you please don't not trust like come onto my property it's so great if you want to come and play occasionally but please not after a certain hour or please not like uh, you know 
every single night. Please don't spray. You know, all that. You like, yeah, those kinds of things. Yeah, I, I think that's great to like ha- have a real overture of kindness mm. and make a specific request. Um, try to exhaust that avenue first. Uh, if it doesn't go well, then I think the next thing you need to do is build a real fence or or somehow make the treehouse inaccessible unless you yourself are there because I do not want you uh, being held responsible for like some dumb kid falling off of your treehouse and breaking his leg and then this mom suing you. Um, and I also think it's going to be a lot easier for your life to have a fence put up than to do stuff like install cameras and call the cops every time, like, yeah. some seven-year-old is, like, spray-painting a Stussy S on a tree in your yard. Like, that just, you know, you got the one wild and precious <laughs> life. Do you really want to call the cops every time a little kid is like, I stole some berries? I mean, listen, uh, I'm sh- like, if you've got a garden, you know, deer, they hate that, like, the fence, the little netting. It's, like, the least ugly way you could put just the netting over the whole treehouse yeah um so yeah i think those are the options is like animal control for the threatening dogs because that's a genuine like threat to kids and animal safety um try to be nice uh, about the treehouse stuff if that doesn't work lock up the treehouse put up a higher and go to war no don't go to war do not install cameras uh, like before I installed cameras or like set myself up to call the cops every couple of hours, I would just tear down the treehouse and be like, we had a great run. Yeah. You know, my grandkids and a bunch of neighborhood kids really enjoyed this treehouse for years. Uh, it's not going to be a forever treehouse. It's not going to be my legacy. The treehouse is done. It's more of a hassle now. But Whew. that's just me. I'm willing to let go of treehouses. But the value. Just adds so much value to the property. I mean, it would it would be amazing. I would love to have a professionally built treehouse. I'm not going to lie to you. I would love to have a tree. I don't have a tree. But, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, you got to look at your own quality of life. And if your quality of life is like the treehouse must be protected at all costs, then I will fight the children. You, you yeah, know, get get other hobbies. That maybe. that turns into a Grinch origin story, mm, uh, which again, I I I don't want to be too hard on this letter writer. I think you seem generally well meaning, um, but I don't. It, it's just so easy when you like have something like a fancy treehouse and then like squabbles over property lines to get just really drawn into like I have to protect my territory, and you can, I think, lose sight of the fact that you've already got a lot of great stuff in your life. It reminds me of the Goonies house, you know. Mm-hmm. You know how like the Goonies house in upstate, uh, Cal or Northern California, uh-huh. uh, people go by and tourists will just look in the windows and take photos and everything, and I believe their strategy was. The people who own the house, like, either boarded up the windows or they, like, shot water balloons. It was really bad. It was, you know, and I think eventually they they either, like, tore it down and rebuilt it or they moved. I heard I, this is a great. I, I'm clearly recounting this correctly. I heard something similar with one of the houses from Breaking Bad, oh. um, which is a, actually a show I have not seen. Um, oh. But I heard that, that ha- there's, like, a house and people are always, like, trying to throw a pizza on the roof. Presumably because that happened once on the television this show. This is and, Walter White's house, and, yeah. And people really want to see pizza on the roof again so they can look at it and say, I saw that on TV once. <laughs> Which is certainly a choice that you could make. But yeah, I, I that sounds like being under siege. Like, it, it, it doesn't sound quite like the kids. We've caught them trespassing a couple times. Like, I don't think that part's the siege. I think it's the dog stuff that's way worse. That's true. And easier to deal with. Well, Francesca, uh, I think we did it. I think we 
hopefully solved all the problems plaguing uh, people this week. You're great. You're, you know, I- I'm so grateful that I had you here to kind of wade through the problems of crying at work and children tearing apart your treehouse and terrible no, I'm, boyfriends. I'm the Mickey. You're the Rocky. Or the Mick. You know what I mean? I've never seen Rocky. See, that's where you're, you, you're just too busy with other people's problems. Yeah, I need to sit down and watch Breaking Bad and Rocky, clearly. Is Mickey the coach? Mm-hmm. And he's the guy who makes him um, punch all the sides of beef and whatnot? Punch that beef. I could definitely do that. I could definitely tell someone to hit other stuff. Have you done that before on this show? I have never. Has the solution ever been, just punch? Uh, no, I, I don't think I've ever told anyone that they should do that. I have a couple of times said, I really want you to... No, no, I've, I've always come close. It's usually with somebody who's like waking somebody up a lot in the middle of the night. And I'm just like, that's the most upsetting thing you can do. But no punching on the show. Thank you so much uh, for being here. And uh, I hope that you have a fabulous rest of the day. Thanks, Danny. Thanks for listening to Dear Prudence. Our producer is Phil Circus. Our theme music was composed by Robin Hilton. And production assistance was by Taylor Simmons. Don't miss an episode of the show. Head to slate.com slash dearprudence to subscribe. And remember, you can always hear more Prudence by joining Slate Plus. Go to slate.com slash prudipod to sign up. If you want me to answer your question, call me and leave a message at 401-371-DEAR. That's 3327. And you might hear your answer on an episode of the show. You don't have to use your real name or location. And at your request, we can even alter the sound of your voice. Keep it short. 30 seconds. A minute tops. Thanks for listening. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.